What's going on, guys? It is November 20th, week, we week 12 already? Week 12 is coming up. Week 12 in a fantasy process report. Thanksgiving week! Thanksgiving week. Gobble, That's gobble, a, bitches. A great time for football. As always, Matt and Nick in suburban Philadelphia and Jason in Miami. Oh, Jason, yeah. Jason, how, uh, how is Miami? It is fantastic. I haven't seen much of it in the past uh, two weeks, though. Uh, we missed last week because I was completely unavailable. Um, as some of you may or may not know, I work for the Homestead Miami Speedway, which is the championship track for NASCAR. And I'll answer your question right now. I am not yeah. a NASCAR fan. Yeah, that's I don't that's care not, about NASCAR. <laughs> I don't care about racing, but I do digital media for them, and they pay me, so I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. But... Uh, yeah, the past Man, two you weeks. You can take I like some been... liking to it since you work there. <laughs> I mean, I will say, you know, <clears throat> this was this was my first ever like NASCAR race. Like, I've never seen one on TV. I've never been to one, even though I work here. And uh, it, it honestly is really cool. Like, I couldn't give a shit about who wins or who the drivers are or what they do. And honestly, seeing them in person and up close, they all look like horse jockeys because they're really short and skinny. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they have to work out, like, the weight of the car. Yeah, like, it's, when you're standing up close, like, I was on pit road for a lot of it, because um, our, our kind of home base was in the, the middle of the track, and I, I gotta tell you, like, when you're really up close to it, and you can, like, feel the engines, and when they all go by you at the same time, like, it is actually a really cool feel. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Like, you gotta experience it once in your life. Like, you don't have to be a fan. Just show up, drink beer, tailgate, go into the race and just like feel the energy and like the, the the engines and stuff like it is actually very cool but uh yeah, but yeah so i was uh planning for that the past like two weeks and helping out with uh, our whole team over there so i uh was less than paying attention to fantasy football and stuff like that and i was working a shit ton of hours but glad to be done with it and glad to be uh back to paying attention to fantasy yeah i was football. gonna say so back to fantasy <laughs> yeah. football yeah we are back Back we were, to fantasy we football. We apologized for being gone that week, but we are back and we have a lot to talk about. We do. Um, I do, you know, obviously before we get to the game last night, we have actually a little bit of breaking news um, within the hour, actually. Uh, real quick, the fantasy football... <laughs> fantasy football. The Pro Football Hall of Fame <laughs> actually announced its 25 semifinalists for this year. Whoa. Just now, within the hour. In alphabetical order... Steve Atwater, Champ Bailey, Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli, Isaac Bruce, Leroy Butler, Don Coriel, Alan Fanica, Tom Flores, Tony Gonzalez, Tori Holt, Steve Hutchinson, Edgerin James, Jimmy Johnson, Ty Law, John Lynch, Clay Matthews, Kevin Mawai, Carl Mecklenburg, Sam Mills, Ed Reed, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Heinz Ward, Darren Woodson. How many people get in? Uh, I believe. Isn't it usually like four or five or six or something? No, like that? I think it's I think it's I think eight. It's, yeah, eight. It's closer uh, to eight. Eight, I believe. Well, I gotta so, say, Tony Gonzalez 25. is a lot. I was gonna say the first ballot guys, Tony Gonzalez. Um, let's see, Champ Bailey, right? Is he first ballot? He might be second uh, or third. There are. There are three. Uh, three first-year eligible players Ed Reed. are Ed Reed, Tony Gonzalez, and Champ Bailey. 
Mm. Yeah, I would definitely put those three in first ballot. Yeah, Ed Reed for sure, Tony Gonzalez for sure, no questions. Like a Ken Griffey Jr. kind of lock from a few years ago with baseball. Ed Reed, like, lead the NFL in interception return yards. Yeah, and, like, interception return for touchdowns, too, or something. He might be up there with, like, Charles Woodson and some of those other DBs. Heinz Ward should get in, right? I don't know if he's first I don't ballot know. or not. Yeah, not yet. I don't know if he has all the counting stats, you know? Yeah, well, he, got, he got a ring. That's yeah, a not, big one. Not yet, though. Ty Law should be in, I you think. you got to pick eight people from that. I'm picking... Champ Bailey, Tony Alan Gold. Fanica, Tony Gonzalez, Tory Holt. Yeah, Tory should get in. John Lynch, Ed Reed. Just because Tory went to and NC Zach State. Zach Thomas. Clay Matthews. His dad. I, his dad, Clay Matthews <laughs> okay, Sr. I'm on like Clay Matthews Sr. Pardon? The whole Matthews family. There's like nine of them that played in the NFL. Yeah. Anyway. So, yes, let's get back to fantasy football, mm. the fake one. Last night, or, yeah, that was last night, it Monday was night, last night, we had quite possibly the greatest fantasy football game ever to have been played. Um, it wasn't necessarily the highest in terms of points scored. It was the third highest NFL game um, points scored, and it definitely had the opportunity to be... The top point scorer one had there not been so many actual defensive plays that happened. Um, and yes, the defensive plays also did lead to scores, but still, there were a few turnovers that uh, put a hold to a drive. So that this game could have been the highest scoring game ever. What was the over under set at? The, Wasn't the, like the point spread set in the 60s 60, and people thought that that was crazy? The over was 63, and that is one of the oh highest. God. It was like overs. the highest over. In, like, Jesus. 40 years or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, uh, I got lucky. I happened to put in a parlay bet last night at 8.17, just before the game started, picking the over <laughs> and the Rams to win straight up. Hey, there so, you go. So, clearly, I, uh, I had a lot going for this game, and I pulled out. away with some. <laughs> That's some good money, yeah. Nice. Well, listeners can there, uh, they can trust Nick more than they can trust Hungy for fancy advice, then. Yeah. Well, yikes. <laughs> you can you can definitely say that, but that has more to do with our record in fantasy football and just you know our success rate. Sorry, Hungy. I think I got you there. Some absolutely ridiculous <laughs> stat lines, though. So yeah, what are you guys? Uh, what are your takeaways from this game? Um, My biggest takeaway is that, you know, you had coming into the the, the fantasy draft season of, you know, the top quarterback was Aaron Rodgers and the sexy pick was Deshaun Watson in like the fourth or fifth round or something like that. And Tom Brady was going near the top. And then you had Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. The number one and number two scoring quarterbacks are Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff. And neither of them went above the 15th round in any drafts anywhere. It is pretty surprising. It's crazy. Will not be the case next year, I can tell oh, you that. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Um, but I think it just goes to show that when you're drafting fantasy, you can wait on quarterbacks. Even if it's taking someone like Phillip Rivers in the 14th round, who is a solid, sturdy quarterback who won't do anything crazy, but he won't hurt you, um, you can get him in the 14th. And I think it's just it's reinforcing that you don't have to reach for a quarterback 
early in the draft or even in the middle of the draft. It's nice to have Aaron Rodgers, but don't take him early. I think Pat Mahomes might be the pickup of the year in that most leagues happened in week one that people were picking him up mm-hmm. yeah. if he wasn't drafted, you know, because he wasn't drafted in every league. Um, yeah, but... I was just telling you guys, I drafted him in the, the 15th round in my other league, and he's been a stud, just an absolute stud the entire year. Yeah, I think that almost every team that drafted Patrick Mahomes or has him on their roster is probably in playoff position. There's probably not many fantasy teams that have him that aren't looking at the playoffs right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think my biggest takeaway from last night is that the Andy Reid School of Clock Management is alive and well. <laughs> I mean, he had all three of his timeouts going into that final drive. You know, they, they stopped him. They stopped him. The they Rams the made back. a couple mistakes and in play calling. And then he threw three passes over the middle. <laughs> yeah, that was a mistake. And he called three passes over the middle and then an interception. Yeah. Good call, Andy. Well, that was my takeaway, right, is what you just said right there, the interceptions. And Pat Mahomes, as good of a game as he had. Five turnovers. He, he had five turnovers. Two of them forced fumbles from the ridiculous uh, Rams defensive line that is the Rams defense. Uh, yeah, they those guys look pretty remarkable. And I, they had this other guy that came up. I don't even remember what his name was. Something with an E. But the one who took back the fumble recovery, yeah, and then he caused another fumble. Uh, yeah, he had two defensive fumble. touchdowns, didn't he? Uh, he might have had the pick six too, because that hit a defensive lineman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this defense. Abukam. Yes, that's the one. But as much as many points as they gave up, they still looked good, you know, in terms of like making big plays. So for fantasy wise, it's crazy. This is one of the highest scoring games in NFL history, and the defenses both had good games. Uh, and this isn't a week where somebody put up negative nine points. Yeah, some, there was a defense that had negative nine points. So <laughs> these defenses, I'd say they're, they're definitely worthy fantasy defenses to own, no matter how many points they give up. I'll tell you the two people that you definitely want on your fantasy team that most people are overlooking right now. And that's Harrison Butker and Greg Zurline, a.k.a. <laughs> Legatron. Nobody's overlooking Legatron. Everybody recognizes I'll tell him. you what right now. Harrison Butker and Legatron are the two people you want to add to your team. And Will Lutz. Saints are putting up historic numbers, too. I don't want to talk about the Saints. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the historic game last night. Um, but another big part from last night was the fact that Todd Gurley had... His Next worst nothing. game of the year, right? Yeah. Wasn't Todd the other running overall. back in there for a lot of it? No. Yeah, Malcolm Brown. Well, he was yeah, I saw, I... Malcolm Brown only got four carries, and that, I mean, that was the only four touches he got for the game. Todd Gurley, 12 carries, 55 yards, and and what, three catches for 39 yards? So obviously not not much. The, uh, the Chiefs actually did a pretty decent job of shutting Gurley down. Yeah, this is in fact the worst performance of this or his worst performance of the season. Uh, I feel like watching that game, it kind of seemed like there was maybe something bothering him health-wise. He might have been hurt a little bit because uh, he just wasn't on the field uh, in certain situations where you would have thought that he would have been on the field. What red zones. Malcolm Brown was getting red zone like looks. Yeah, <laughs> Gurley should be on the field every time you're within twenty-five yards. Yeah. So I think there might have been something wrong there. Um, we'll 
pay attention to the injury report, see if anything comes out this week, but I think that you can not really worry too much about it. It's Todd Gurley. He's been putting up one of the best fantasy football seasons that we've seen. So, well, it wasn't like there was much running on the other side of the ball either. Kareem Hunt only had 14 carries for 70 yards. Now, that being said, he also caught three passes for 41 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. But there was just there was not much running game, period. Yeah, it was a passing game, that's for sure. Um, but that brings up my next point, which is an argument that a lot of people seem to be talking about. Uh, is this the new NFL that we are witnessing? Well, the new NFL... The high-scoring, no defense. One of the things we forgot to mention about this game is that uh, we had previously discussed this game being in Mexico. This game was not in Mexico. I feel like that made a big... That played a big role, too. It did. Um, that was probably the first Rams home game that it actually looked like a Rams home game. And sounded like a Rams home game. Yeah, those fans were hype. They were hype. That place was booming. You could hear the Coliseum rocking. Now, is this the new NFL? Is this, does this new NFL start with pulling international games away and bringing them back home? Hopefully, yes. <laughs> well, no, we, we don't just, want any more international games. Cut the London shit out. They Why are we going go to, Mexico? to Mexico? Well, how, much go is, how much of a fail is this on the Mexican stadium like operators that the NFL it's gives them bad. this game and like sends them a game and says, like, hey, this is yours, and like you get the revenue, whatever. And, and Literally the, the biggest game of the year. Like, and it ended up being the biggest game of the entire year. Everyone was calling this the pre-Super Bowl. And somehow, a week and a half before the game starts... The NFL sends their representatives down there, and they got there, and they were like, "Holy shit, this field is horrible! Like garbage. The players are Did not going to want to play on this. Like, yeah. how as a as a a stadium operator that you have soccer games there, do you not just take care of it? Like, well, they had it wasn't a soccer Shakira concert. It was a Shakira concert oh the week before, and the people ripped up the grass. Like, how the, do you not field. take care of your field, or at least try and fix it? Like, you have this amazing opportunity, and you get handed literally right. the game of the year, probably the game of the past couple years, on a silver platter, and you just fo- like drop it. Like, you can't. Hand- I don't get how they couldn't handle that. Yeah. See, my problem with it all is the fact that they had time. And they knew that this was coming, so it's just like... They've known for months. You know how big this is. They've been selling it for months. You should have been prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, when we talk about the new NFL, and you know, yeah, you make we're not jokes talking, about We're not talking about international games. games. We're, we're talking, talking about, about the fact scoring. that you've got a high-scoring, low-defense game. Oddly reminiscent, and I, I don't know, I'm not even trying to make an Eagles brag here, but honestly reminiscent of last year's Super Bowl. High-scoring, low-defense. This is everyone's talking about. This is a Super Bowl preview, high scoring, low defense. It's it is this really what what it takes to win games? You just you don't have to play defense anymore. Everyone always likes to say defense wins championships, but has it really just become to can you win in a shootout? All right. Well, let me put it this way. In terms of NFL fantasy aside. This might be the new way because I and I don't like it, but I let's look at the best fantasy defenses. We'll talk the top four: the Chicago Bears, Houston Texans, Minnesota Vikings, and the L.A. Rams. Only the L.A. Rams in the, that group are really considered Super Bowl contenders right now. And you might put some of those other teams like in the argument, but I'd say there's really only four teams that are. Super Bowl contenders right now. 
And those are all offensive teams that don't have defense. That's the uh, New Orleans Saints, the L.A. Rams, the Kansas City Chiefs, and as much as it pains me to say it, the New England Patriots, just because it's the New England Patriots. Um, but oh, Pittsburgh? They're, they're right the num- on the outside. Pittsburgh is the number 5D. They are number 5D. I think they're right on the outside. I think that uh, they've got some problems uh, that they that never seem to go away for them. They've got a little bit of that... That the what what conference is, or division is that AFC? It's the AFC South North, or North. Isn't it? It's the North. All those teams they they can't seem to usually get it done in the playoffs. Um, aside from Flacco's crazy year, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't put the though. Steelers quite up in that group, and you don't hear many people talk about the Steelers with those other, at least the three teams. No, Patriots, I feel like don't get as much love. But, but back to my point. Those are all the best defenses. You don't put them in that that greatest NFL team conversation right now. So okay, I think you, that the, the the Rams. I mean, the, the Rams are close there, but even then, their defenses had plenty of issues. They've had plenty of good uh, fantasy performances, yeah. and they've got lots of touchdowns this year. But they've also given up a lot of points. Yeah. So in terms of the NFL. Um, it's looking like this is going to be the way for a while, uh, but... I was saying to I, my girlfriend last night... It might who, change in the future. I was saying to my girlfriend last night, all I really want to do in life, want to work my way up to a head coaching job in the NFL... Eventually. I want to, I want to draft a bruiser running back, and I want to get a fullback, and I want to get a, man, a serviceable quarterback, and I want to run an I-formation offense in the NFL and bring this league back to its roots. I hate this NFL. I hate all the shotgun, the pistol, the wildcat. Bring this thing back to a pro offense. I want I-form. I want offset I. I want fullback action. <laughs> Some John Coon there. Too much passing. I want running. Yeah, I mean those those, well, those I think, games you get. I think honestly, that. this this new NFL comes back to some of the rule changes that have happened in the past couple of years. Where at first it was kind of they were protecting the quarterbacks, calling more roughing the passers, and it's gotten extreme this year. Um, and then protecting receivers, you know, defenseless receiver penalties and stuff like that. So defenses are just, and I'm not saying that like it was good before, where some receivers were just getting absolutely laid out, like. Uh, the guy that got just destroyed by James Harrison a couple of years ago. But I think it's getting kind of to the extreme where, like, referees and just the NFL in general is telling people, we care about the quarterbacks and the receivers more than anyone else. So as long as Tom Brady is going to be able to get a rushing touchdown because opposing linebackers don't want to touch him, the NFL is totally mm-hmm. cool with that. So I think as long as that continues, there is just going to be a lot of high-scoring games because – Linebackers are going to be coming down on a quarterback, and they're not going to know what to do. They're not going to know if they can actually try and hit him or if they're going to get a penalty called on him. And same thing goes with the receivers. They just don't know how to how to combat this this talent on these two sides, and the officials just clearly favoring these offensive skill positions. Yeah. Uh, going kind of back to Hungy's point, I will say that when you really think about it, there's only two teams in the NFL who you know for their – run first mindset in play calling and that's the Seattle Seahawks and the Baltimore Ravens. And the Jaguars. I'd say I'd say Washington right now too. 
The Jaguars. They ran it 46 times. They have no wide receivers. They have no wide receivers, and they have Adrian Peterson. And now they have Colt McCoy. And And Mark Sanchez. Sanchez, back at it. R.I.P. to Alex Smith's leg. R.I.P. in peace. Yeah, he could be uh, done forever. Yeah, no, he might be legitimately done forever. Emergency surgery. Okay. Usually when it's immediate surgery like that, it's because he's at risk of losing the leg. Good riddance, so I oh, always like. I always like. Man, that was Alex morbid. Smith. Yeah, but I always thought he was a good quarterback. Who, Alex Smith? Yeah, he always he was always underappreciated. Why do you I'll say good riddance? Like, I meant just like it was it was nice knowing you. <laughs> <laughs> What's amazing at this point with Washington leading the NFC East? Realistically, the the NFC East is wide open to the other three teams at this point. Now, honestly, the three and seven Giants could legitimately win the division. It's crazy. I know. I will say though, the ESPN showed a graphic that had them still at under one percent to make the playoffs. So. I kind of wanted to flip off ESPN because it's like, we're not that far out. No, you're really not <laughs> We all play out. each other a lot still. Right. We yeah, still have two games against Washington. We've got still a game against you guys in Dallas. It's so. highly realistic that we could still win the division. It's still possible for we you to win the division. play each other next week. I'm very excited for it. Mm. You guys want yeah, to hear a conundrum go. with the Redskins, though? So this year, uh, Jordan Reed has been healthy the whole year, to everyone else's knowledge. And he's done nothing. But the rest of his career, he's been so injury-riddled, but the games he was yeah. on the field for, he was he just a nothing. baller. But this year, he's been almost non-existent. But he's been he's healthy the whole time. touchdowns. Yeah, a little bit, but nothing compared to, like, the per-game numbers he put up, like, last year and the year before and all that. You know, like, sure, he was missing games with his injuries, but when he was on the field, he was just a stud. But this year, he's been on the yeah. field the entire year, and he hasn't really produced oh. to that level at all. We've seen tight ends across the league decline this year, so... That's true. He's just yeah. kind of a part of that. When you have uh, George Kittle, Jared Cook, and Eric Ebron leading the pack, then that's a little a little weird. I will say, I think that uh, out of those three names that you just mentioned, those are the number three, four, and five scoring fantasy tight ends. I think George Kittle is... The George only Kittle one who is I he's actually sustainable. Trust. I like him a lot, yeah. I, I think he's Jared, regular, Jared Cook just is... Jared Cook has shown us too, way too big of a sample size to trust him on a week-to-week basis. Like, he'll yeah. put up a 28-point game, but then follow it with a four-point game. And it's just, he's, he's been doing that he his entire He relies on boom games. Yeah, and it, it's just like, if he was a rookie, you'd be like, oh, well, I don't know what's good, what to expect. Maybe he'll just, like, keep it going. But he's he's been in the league long enough that you can know that it's not sustainable. And then Eric <laughs> Ebron, I think, is interesting because he came to a new team but then you have to consider that Jack Doyle has been out for a majority of the year, but he's back now. So you don't know how the Colts are going to work both of them into the offense, even considering yeah. that Andrew Luck is throwing it a lot. That's a mess. And he likes his tight ends. So it's tough to figure that one out. I mean, when, when Jack Doyle was out, then Eric Ebron was, was a top five tight end every week. But, yeah, it was it was weird. Yeah, India has been surprisingly, like, Excellent this year. They've been they've well, been amazing. Crazy. Oh, oh, easy uh, with the excellent. I mean, good. I mean, they've been they've in been fantasy. Good. In fantasy, they've been. Like, so they've, they've, they've had they've had some standout games for Marlon Mack. They've when T. Y. Hilton came back, he instantly became a fantasy wide receiver one. Eric Ebron was a tight end upper half one when he's uh, in there without Jack Doyle. Andrew Luck has been 
outstanding this year. I feel like crazy. Andrew Luck is the only one who has been like consistently good though and hasn't had any like dud performances. So that's true. That's true. As good as that whole team has been, I I, I don't trust any other players still in fantasy yeah. other than Andrew Luck. And I was telling you guys before we started that Andrew Luck has gone like something like 220 straight pass attempts without being sacked, which is a testament to their offensive line, but also to him for getting rid of the ball and scrambling and all that kind of stuff. It's 220 times where he did not say good hit to a defender. <laughs> True. Well, he might have said that after he threw the ball or something, but 220 straight pass attempts without being sacked. And uh, I was telling these guys oh, He was before, polite. Don't worry. He was polite. <laughs> yeah, he was super hey, polite. Good hit, man. And just baffling, guys. Um but the so he's second all time in that in that streak of, of that statistic of pass attempts without being sacked. And the number one guy is Dan Marino with something like seven hundred and fifty straight pass attempts without being sacked. So he's doubled. Which that is one. just unreasonable. <laughs> it's just unreal. I don't understand how it's possible. Yeah. Not right, a fantasy so note, but just an incredible statistical note to mention. Well it's a great game fantasy wise. I don't think we're going to see the likes of it anytime soon. Things we will see the likes of are our waiver wire teams. If you remember, oh, yes. last episode. two weeks ago in our last episode, we drafted a team full of players who at the time were owned in 50% of leagues or less. What we failed to do was pay attention to their bye weeks. <laughs> yeah, we messed up on that. So we had an odd smattering of players that have been on bye. And specifically for me, Joe Flacco, who went from bye to hurt uh, and hasn't played yet so i have zero points in two weeks from uh mr elite himself joe flacco (laughs) however the zero from joe flacco was still enough with the rest of my team to be leading nick yeah i i picked i think three (laughs) players who had a buy yeah buys buys of hurt we're gonna have to pay attention Mm -hmm. to this a little more and see what and, happens uh, towards the Although, end of the for season, myself, but... I had a guy on a bye, but it was Baker Mayfield, but somehow he put up enough points in the first week that the bye didn't hurt me too much. He put up yeah, 22 he points. Had, he's in the tied first for week. the most points out of all these players individually. Yeah. So, yeah, he put up 22 points in one week and then uh, had a bye, so he's still, you know, holding steady for me. So, the results altogether are Jason is leading the crew with 58.2, Hungi has 50.1, and I have. Forty point three. <laughs> so, I'm hoping Nick Mullins comes on strong this week. Yeah, he was one of my buyers. He, he didn't get much from Nick Mullins. Again, too. He had a buy as well. He was one of my buyers. Yeah, but ten point one. Man, that was against the Giants too. I think. Oh. Yeah, that was unexpected. Yeah, I, not, I thought he was going to do better. <laughs> um, I should have picked up Lamar Jackson. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I think we were talking about um, potentially. Swapping a player out, but I think we should just keep it. I think we should keep it as is. <laughs> yeah. Unless true. Joe Flacco does not come back, and then I'm kind of just screwed. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But you know, you could still beat me. I could still beat. You. <laughs> um. So we'll uh we'll keep you updated on those waiver wire teams from week to week, and you can gauge how well our decisions were based on our actual results and. I did, maybe, however, maybe you actually listened to our draft and picked some of those people up. Yeah. I did, however, beat you in our head-to-head matchup two weeks ago. Pretty convincingly. Yeah, no, well. I, don't, I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah, that one pretty much knocked you out. Two and eight. Two it's, and been, eight. it's been a long year. Yeah, sorry. I like the, You've got the pit yeah. bull calling your name here. I mean, my the two running backs I picked, 
in the second and third round both got hurt. Hey, don't talk to me, man. I picked Le'Veon Bell first overall. Yeah. Hey, Jason, I will say I did pick okay, him in another league. Okay, two players is more than one. <laughs> and I'm, I'm six It's the first overall pick, and he didn't play at all. I'm doing pretty well in a league where I picked him, Jason. It can be done. I'm I mean, just saying. I'm still over 500. I'm 6-5. and five. So I'm not yeah. terrible. It's just, God, I would have loved to have just a first-round pick. <laughs> yeah. Mistakes were made. Uh, we'll be interested to see where he goes next year, but we have a lot more time before we can really start gauging that. Um, so I think it depends will... on which team he goes to. If he goes to the Jets, well, yeah, he's that's a, part he's of a it. second round pick. But if he goes anywhere else, I think he's still a first round pick. Right. I just but hate the Jets, and I can't. Draft that's any a conversation for later. Yeah. Uh, he can be sad about that all off season. Oh, I'm I'm gonna be salty <laughs> the rest for of the, the regular rest of time. season. If the goddamn Packers in Madden NFL 17 didn't win the regular season, <laughs> I would have never taken him. Goddamn Packers. I really didn't even Big, uh, want the number one overall pick. Coming into the uh, the draft um, picking order thing, I was, like, realistically, I was hoping for, like, the fourth or fifth overall pick. That's the range mm-hmm. that I like being in. And when they won it, I was like, shit, I'm the first overall pick. Now that means I don't pick again until pick 21 or 20 or whatever it is. Well, I'm glad but, I had two. Yeah, they just, ugh. Thanks to Hungy. Man. I traded with you, right? We swapped. We swapped. Because I kept Antonio Brown in the first, so I wanted to move down in the first and up right. in the second. Mm-hmm. So I was the the one who took the honors of swapping with you so I could then take Todd Gurley because Jason took Le'Veon. So. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Let's talk about some injuries. Um, fantasy, uh, important injuries. And probably the first and most important right now is Cooper Cup. Yeah, that, that one happened shame. two weeks ago. ACL tear. We, we hadn't talked to you last week, so we figured we might as well go back and go now, over it. Specifically with Cooper Cup, we have a a a fantasy and our league specific talking point. Mm. And this is going specifically to keeper leagues. To keeper leagues and my younger brother. Hammy. Who made a You made a rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Dropped Cooper Cup after he tore his ACL in a keeper league after drafting Cooper Cup in the 10th round. Now, the way our keeper keeper league works, and I don't know if this is how all keeper leagues work, but ours works, so you get to keep one player, and in the next year's draft, you lose the draft pick for the round that they were taking in the previous year. So, Cooper Cup was not drafted very early last year. He was drafted in probably like the 13th, 10th round. Okay. He was drafted in the 10th round. He would be going even after the injury much sooner than the 10th round. Making no, him a, he is. He, yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. He's yeah. a. Making him a very good keeper option. People he's, who he's were drafted. A second round pick right now. People who were drafted very late and then do very well and increased where they were are the best keeper options. Um, Matt's brother. I know who is new. Uh, I don't know if he's been in a keeper league before, but he he is not. He so. dropped Cooper Cup after the ACL injury, uh, and so Huggy wisely went and picked him up. I did offer to trade him back. Did you? <laughs> yes. That's weak sauce. <laughs> he he said he said he will withhold the integrity of the league. <laughs> yeah, we will. Um, 
We'll see, because not every team always has a good keeper option in the off season. So I, I mean, I've got a few good options that I. Hey, Cooper Cup's available for draft picks at the rest of the league. <laughs> <laughs> Who else do you have that you're going to keep? Marlon Mack in the eighth. Dude, no, dude. Marlon Mack's available don't, for draft picks. Don't commit to that. Marlon Mack is not, he's going to be like fall to the eighth round. Well, I have options now. No. Yeah, I think as of right now, my <laughs> keeper is looking like George Kittle. Yeah, he might be a good keeper. Because I, I think he was picked up now. at the eighth round. Yeah, he he was probably undrafted, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was undrafted. Yeah. yeah, which would make him an eighth rounder. That's yeah. The fact that Cooper Cup is lower than him, that's great. But uh, let's go back to Cooper Cup injury. and um, What they, does it mean for Rams wide receivers? So the, fa- the Rams run a very specific offense where they have the same set on the field. Like, 95% of the time. And they don't use the tight ends, ever. Well, this might be changing. I think the past two weeks, Jason, you might have missed this, but their tight ends have each... I think they've gotten a combined four or five touchdowns the past two weeks. Um, So they have kind of adjusted to not having Cooper Cup, and the guy who's filling his spot on the field is Josh Reynolds, who has been definitely one of the best beneficiaries of him going down. Um, We will talk about him later when we kind of talk about the players to pick up, but that is kind of the Cooper Cup injury and how that's affected the rest of his team. Well, I think even the other two wide receivers, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks, I don't think their production has changed at all. Yeah, I don't think it goes up or down. Yeah, I think think they've stayed, they've stayed exactly the same. Like, there's no... It's not like there's more attention put on either of them. It's not like they're getting more balls it's not like they're getting less balls it's not like they're getting different coverages like they're it almost seems like they're seeing the exact same looks and they're they're getting the same production which is interesting yep you're right and uh the offense hasn't skipped a beat a lot of people picked the uh chiefs to win this past monday night game because of that cooper cup injury uh i as i alluded to earlier in the episode Stuck with my guns and picked the Rams straight up, and uh, they definitely proved that, that that they are able to get we, past we the injury. We get it. You bet on the Rams. Yeah, yeah. We get it. It's my first big hit. Stop since riding I started your high horse. So. But no, I mean, I'm serious though. A lot of people picked yeah. the Chiefs. No, you're absolutely right. You're a lot right. of people. You're, you're absolutely right. Picked the Chiefs to win this game, and a lot of people justified it because Cooper Cup got hurt. Um, so he was big impact, but clearly this offense didn't skip a beat. They're still going, so roll with them. Rams players are the players to have right now. Facts. O.J. Howard. This one came out today. I honestly haven't seen it. I own O.J. Howard in two He got put on the IR. No. Yeah. And I'm opening fantasy to go drop O.J. Howard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure. Hold on. Let uh, Let me go find the Schefter tweet. I mean, that just just opens it up for camera break then. Yeah, Buccaneers announced they placed tight end O.J. Howard on injured reserve. He was doing so good, Josh Shaw. So, what does that mean? It means I'm hitting the waiver wire right now. I'll I'll come back to you guys (laughs) later. Is Cameron Brake going to be the option now, or do we just kind of think that the other players in Tampa Bay get a boost? That's yeah, I what think I'm it's trying to decide right now. 
Because I think, you know, with the, the quarterback <laughs> shuffling that they've had with Fitzpatrick and then Winston and then back to Fitzpatrick and then back to Winston, it's just like I don't yeah, think Chris Godwin can really get on on like a rhythm with any of them. I think Deshaun Jackson has always been a home run guy where like some weeks he's on, some weeks he's off. Mike Evans is just a stud no matter what. But I think it means Cameron Brake gets opened up to that as well. Um, the running back situation, I have no idea what's going on over there. Peyton Barber sucked, and then he's now he's great, and then Ronald Jones was out, and now he's playing, and Peyton Barber sucks again, and then he's back. Like, I, I can't figure out what's going on with anyone other than Mike Evans. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that the fact that this is an offense that doesn't know which quarterback they want to use, like, every single week and even every single half, because <laughs> that seems to be when they make their, their uh, changes is at halftime each game. Uh, I, I stay away from an offense that has that type of problem. No matter how many points and yards they're putting up, it's uh, it's a scary situation. Uh, O.J. Howard injury just makes it even worse. You know, that's one less uh, target that they have that they had been – both quarterbacks had kind of developed a little bit of chemistry with. So, yeah, stay away from the Buccaneers if you ask me. This sucks. Hungy, what did you uh, decide you're going to do about this? Shh. Uh, that's right. We still have to go through waiver wire, so you have to put in a bid. I do. I'm not telling you this who I bid on and what I did. Uh, I will not tell you. How much but money do you have? It is a tight end. It might not be. It might not be. What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, it might not be a tight end. <laughs> he Hungy. wasn't my. St- no, he had, wasn't like, your starter. Well, I I had. I have Jared Cook as well. Okay. Yeah, well, maybe it won't be then. Jared Cook, and, and my tight end is one of the very shining lights of my fantasy team. That's pretty much why I have two wins. But even then, we just went over Jared Cook and like how he is not trustworthy for a week in, week out. He's just had three good weeks all year. Yeah, that boosted his stats. So you're about as good as a two and nine record says. Two and eight. Ooh. Two and eight. I'm sorry. I'm predicting. Actually, it might be two and nine. I don't know. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been real rough. Hmm. Wait, Hungy, how much, how much waiver money do you have left? I'm, I'm not revealing that information. <laughs> not much. I think Hungy has spent a lot. Is it only like 35 Despite his record, I think Hungy has spent one of the most amounts of money. <laughs> uh, before this is processed... I, I currently have 46 available dollars. Ooh. Man, that 69 spot on Corey Clement was uh, really came in handy. It doesn't matter. Really. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Well, another injury that kind of came out uh, recently and today is that uh, on Johnson is uh, was a do not practice Tuesday. Um, and it looks like there's... A, Good chance that he won't be playing on Thursday on the short week they play in the uh, the Thursday night game against Chicago, or Thursday afternoon game. And so without on Johnson, that kind of leads to question the rest of that Detroit Lions offense, who's been struggling mightily this season. Um, they got rid of Golden Tate now. Marvin Jones has been banged up. I don't even know if he's going to be playing this week. Um, so it's really been the Kenny Galladay show there. Uh, and Carrion Johnson took advantage of the opportunity, and he's been having a good year so far. Uh, and he's more recently uh, definitely stepped up. But with this injury, that kind of 
leads to the question, I think Theo Riddick is going to be a good fill-in option because he will not only help out with the running back position, he might not really do much in the running back, um, but they're going to have to if LeGarrette yeah, Blunt is their only other running back. Um, Theo Riddick might have a big role with Marvin Jones injured as well because he is a pass-catching running back, so... If you're looking for a running back, he is only on 33.1% of leagues right now. So, theoretic, go get him, especially if you're in a PPR league looking for a running back or a flex player. I know that the Rams and the Chiefs are both on by this week, so you got a lot of players on by. So, I, I believe that even though they're going up against the Bears' good defense, there's just no one else to really go to in Detroit. So, Theo Riddick, he's not the best running back in the world, but he's got to be catching the ball a lot, even for short yardage. Yeah, yep. I think Theo Riddick's comparable to Jalen Richard from a few weeks ago, where I, I don't see any 20-point outbursts out of him, but, you know, you have your starting running back get injured and go down, and then you lose a wide receiver in the way that, you know, the Raiders traded Amari Cooper, the Lions traded Golden Tate, and then they had their other wide receiver, Marvin Jones, get injured a little bit. So I think Theoretic is getting that bump in value just purely based on not having many other options or having the uh, top two or three options just not be available for whatever reason, whether it's injury or trade or something. So, yeah, I think Theoretic's a, a worthy option. I don't think he'll get many rushing attempts, and he definitely won't get the goal line work. That'll still be blunt. But, yeah, I think he'll be used a lot out of the backfield to catch passes and line up in the slot and maybe act as like a hybrid wide receiver running back kind of guy. Now, going back, I do think that this is more advice for just this upcoming week. I think once Carryon Johnson is healthy and back, he is definitely the running back to own in that league, or on that team. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And at that point, Theo Riddick honestly might be droppable. <laughs> he might not even be rosterable once Carryon Johnson is back just because he has been kind of stepping up as the feature back in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Although even even this week, even if Carrion Johnson was available and ready to go, I don't think he'd be used all that much this week anyway, just because this seems like it's going to be a Bears domination game with that defense scoring touchdowns all the time and with Trubisky, although I've heard he's injured and he might not be ready to go, but that <clears> offense <throat> has been doing well too with Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard pounding the rock, and then Robinson healthy and Taylor Gabriel doing all right, and um, Anthony Miller in there. But I think the Lions were probably going to be down in this game anyway and probably just going to be throwing yeah. a lot. So even if Carrion Johnson was in there, I don't think he'd be having such a hot day this week anyway. Yeah, I think if you have Kenny Galladay, you still got to start him. Oh, I mean, yeah. last week yeah, they had no sure. Marvin Jones, and he still had a great day. So I think that uh, don't be scared of Marvin Jones. I think a lot of people I saw – didn't start him this week, uh, this past week, for what reason or another. I, and I do think people were kind of scared of the fact that they think that he's going to get all the defensive attention. But, I mean, he still had a solid eight catches, 113 yards receiving, and a touchdown with nobody around him to help. So don't be scared of Kenny Galladay. Keep him in your roster. He's a volume guy. He's got to be. Yeah, my opinion on, like, the defensive attention is – like, yeah, if you're getting six targets, then defensive attention matters. But if you're the only option on your offense and you're going to be passing a lot, and let's say Stafford has 35 pass attempts, and Kenny Galladay very realistically could get 15 of those. 
you get 15 yeah. targets, you're gonna make things happen. Like I just even read if you that, uh, even if you yeah. like con- even if you convert on like eight of those 15 targets, that's still eight receptions, and he's probably gonna make some things happen. So. I think I, I like it. I, I mean, the defensive attention, yeah, it matters sometimes. But in these circumstances, when he's the only one, then I don't think it matters as much. It'll still this turn into a good stat. fantasy day. This is a nuts stat that I just read that uh, in the past two weeks, Kenny Galladay has received twenty-seven targets. Whew. Twenty-seven targets in the past two weeks. Yep. Start uh, one guy. of those games was against the Bears, by the way. They somehow yeah. managed to play against the okay. Bears twice in three 27 weeks. 27 targets, he's only managed 14 catches. Yeah, it's a pretty shitty rate. No, I was going to yeah. say, he's only hauling in half of the targets. But they could be bad it's throws. Still, it's Either still way, not they're still bad. throwing it to him. Yeah, it's still not bad, like, even even disregarding the targets. Like, what is that, seven catches per game? That's still good. Like, that's still yeah. starting worthy. Two scores still, too, so he's getting the red zone looks as well. Yeah. So... Um, let's see. Only other major injury I think that really came out of this week was Jimmy Graham. Uh, kind of broke a lot of people's hearts along with his finger, because uh, mm-hmm. he, he got injured at the beginning of the game. So yes. a lot of people had that dud performance and had to After. sit and watch the whole game, knowing that he wasn't going to get any more points. One catch for ten yards, one point five in our league. Yes. Cool. So. Uh, well, They're it's not like he's been doing a whole hell of a lot better the rest of the season, though. He hasn't, but still, it always hurts. Yeah, and yeah that's true. In a weak tight end year, you know, it's it just means you have to go out and pick up a, a Ricky Seals Jones, then. Yeah, but the thing is, the Packers are saying, or I don't know if it's the Packers or him, but they're saying that he might play. I mean, despite a uh, messed up finger. Now, this is a situation where I'm afraid of. You know, your your job is to catch the ball. If you have a broken finger, you need to be able to use your hands and your fingers, you know. So, well, I, have you ever seen Tory Holt's finger? Have you ever seen that picture? If you haven't, Google it right now. Google Tory Holt hand or finger or something like that. He's just, like, deformed, though, right? That's not No, like it's, that's from catching bone. balls. Yeah, it's, it was just broken so many times that it just is, like, permanently sideways. Well, have you seen Booger McFarlane's finger? Or... <laughs> no. No. Stupid sideline tracker. <laughs> the Booker Mobile. That blocks the Next view of the people who paid $200 for the front row seats. 200 is the lowest estimate I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen. We've sold our upper level tickets for 200 So mm. fine. It's, he's blocking the view of people who paid 600 bucks for lower level front row seats. Um, you should... Uh, Next time that the, the Booger cam turns on... When he picks his hands up, you should look at his left hand. It's not a pretty sight. A lot of people were very critical of him and Jason Witten's analysis this past Monday night game. I didn't really hear any of it. I'd I seen d- it all they're out. Garbage. They're garbage. Uh, that whole Joe Tessitore is terrible at play-by-play. I'm getting good at tuning out the commentators in football games. Yeah, Joe Tessitore <laughs> is I mean, you have to be when you have to deal play. with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman three times a week. Right. <laughs> Um, Jason Witten is is complete garbage at color commentary. He doesn't know when to talk, and when the camera's on him, he freaks out. <laughs> and Booker on his stupid sideline card. <laughs> what is the point? Tell what is the really point? Feel. He gives him a, a, a bird's eye view. You have a bird's eye view in the booth, Booger. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I heard somebody say that um, part of the issue that they have 
is that they incorporate him like from the sidelines, so he has the same issue that we have with Jason and the fact that we're like not in front of each other, so it's kinda hard to they like have a read live, each other. They have a live like FaceTime feed. Of each other? Yes, so they can constantly see each other. Still, I uh, mean there's that still helps some a little kind bit, of, but yeah. Yeah. Because, like, we have this problem. I mean, it, it, it's the same thing. Like, with you two in the room, it helps when you're having that conversation because you can read people's body language and tell when someone is about to say something or, yeah. like, when someone kind of draws their breath in and they're like, oh, I have something to say, but I'm waiting for you to finish so then I can right. say what I'm going to say. And so Booger, I would imagine, has the same exact problem down there where he just kind of – he has to jump in whenever he sees even the slightest <laughs> of a pause and then maybe he's cutting off someone or maybe someone wasn't finished with what they're saying – but he can't really tell because he can't tell when someone is like just taking a breath in to like get ready to say something, and he kind of has to interrupt. Interrupt, otherwise he would never get a word in uh, outside of Joe Tessitore also, being like, Jason "Hey, Wynn's Booker, what do you think?" Be hard to read too. Well, there's yeah, also true. been plays where <laughs> Tessitore will stop talking, like all color co- or like all play-by-play guys do after the play's over, and. And Witten just doesn't understand that that's his cue. Witten will just stand there, <laughs> and they won't say anything. And ten seconds later, after nothing but silence, Tessator will start calling the next play. There will be no commentary by Witten, and it's that's horrible. Like baseball. They will do that four or five times a game. Witten just misses his cue entirely. Mm. Also, that happens in baseball too. Like Tom McCarthy the would do hair. that. I'm not sure it's real. Oh, it's not real. It can't be real. I don't think I, it is. I, is, I, is it a toupee or is it like the regrowth? That's really the know. question. But I don't know. You look at the pictures of him at this time last year. You look at the pictures of him now. Dude, uh, miracle grow. He's All got right. a he's got a chia pet on his head. Yeah, LeBron James right, is calling his barber. Let's get the last couple injuries here. Um, some quarterback injuries that are. Pretty concerning. Obviously, a quarterback injury affects a lot of people. Um, so, first one, we don't know how serious it was. Marcus Mariota, obviously, he just started looking like he was finally getting healthy and starting to have that uh, that chemistry with his wide receivers again. Chip Kelly will not mortgage the future for Marcus <laughs> Mariota. But you're still bitter about he, that. Uh, he hurt his hand again. I believe it was the same thumb that he hurt before. And say goodbye to Corey so, Davis. Yep, Corey Davis, that was uh, a nice 15 minutes of fame that you had there the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but so long. I don't Have know a nice seat on the bench, Gabbard's pal. Gonna, yeah, I don't know if Blaine Gabbert's going to do the job for you. Um, not too much there. Uh, the other major injury from the quarterback position is Alex Smith. Um, we touched on that before. RIP in peace. Yeah, Colt McCoy is going to be stepping in. I don't believe... Colt McCoy. I don't think that. I really hope Sanchez comes in, and I I don't want Colt McCoy to get injured. I, you know, I just want Mark <laughs> I just want Sanchez to bad enough that uh, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I just want Mark Sanchez to come in the game again. Can you imagine what the league will be like if Sanchez is playing again? Butt fumbles for days. Ugh. <laughs> As someone who had to sit through Mark Sanchez playing for his team. I I can't wait to see it happen to a division rival. <laughs> we had Geno Smith. That's pretty bad. Yeah, for one game, and that's yeah. I mean, that was really bad because he ruined the bad Eli starting streak. It was a bad time. <laughs> that was really bad. 
McAdoo was an idiot. That was a terrible hire on your guys' part. Yeah. Thank you for hiring him, though, because the we Eagles all make were considering mistakes. him. I know. I thought we definitely hired the right coach out of the two of us then, or then, but guess not. Anyway, but Jason, you got anything on the Alex Smith injury? No, I mean it just it's it sucks because it means the division is gone for them now. I don't think it really impacts any of the wide receivers because none of them were doing anything anyway. Like I think Josh Doxson was really inconsistent. Jamison Crowder was injured and didn't do anything. Jordan Reed, as I said, was non-existent this whole year. I think it doesn't really impact much because they're still going to run it a lot. So Adrian Peterson is still going to get a lot of attempts. He just might face more stack boxes now. Uh, and then Chris Thompson, I think, will still get his targets and his receptions just like normal. So I don't – as far as that team, they're obviously going to lose more games, but I don't think the fantasy players really change all that much. Yeah. Yep, yep, I agree. I think that uh, that, that has more of an impact just on the, their team in general, not fantasy-wise. I think that the Redskins are going to – they they look Washington, like they were poised Washington's to – football team. They look like they were poised to actually win the division – before that injury happened, um, but now with that, you just can't expect them to really win that many more games this year. Uh, but who knows? You never know. Colt could be. We'll see how he does in his I'll first week. I'll tell you week. what. A lot of people wrote the Eagles off after Carson Wentz got hurt, but who won the Super Bowl? Well, that's Nick Foles. That's not Colt McCoy. That's Nick Foles. I I know. I'm just. <laughs> It was an easy way for me to remind everybody that the Philadelphia Eagles are 2017-2018 Super Bowl champions. Keep living. Keep living. I mean, Nick Foles also had a previous track record of throwing seven touchdowns in one game. I don't think Colt McCoy has ever come even close to that. are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. I will say I do like that commercial with the Cowboys fan and the Eagles fan on the elevator. I I do like that. That made me laugh. (laughs) This is the one thing during the Eagle Saints game that made me laugh. I said it was floor eight. <laughs> the one thing. Ding. <laughs> Super Bowl champions. Okay, yeah, this I was is my actually floor uh, on Facebook. The NFL Facebook account will like share posts from the NFL game recap account, and they just post like I don't know if you've seen them. They post like eleven minute videos of just like the highlights from every game um, that includes like all the notable plays, all the scoring plays, all that kind of stuff. And it's eleven minutes, so it's pretty comprehensive. And I saw the Eagles Saints one pop up, and it was like, hey, check out all the highlights from the Eagles Saints. And I was like, there were no highlights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not going to watch this. Yeah. Sad. Which brings us to emerging players, and the first one you listed was Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith, I believe. Jason had mentioned Traquan Smith before. Yeah, he was one of my firestar. I think a couple weeks ago, but yeah, he's... I just you like guys what, he, what his role is in the offense. You know, he's the number you four, You guys cannot tell me that he is emerging when he's facing cornerbacks that haven't seen any game time yet this season. Dude, the Saints you have scored. They've had seven games scoring me 40 or more points. You can't tell me that he's emerging against numbers against that secondary. The secondary is really bad. Yes. Just the, the secondary is very bad. I'm talking about this past week when he had an absolutely ridiculous game. Well, no, I'm well, saying this that the, the Saints' offense in general is just this high power. It's the first time since week five. I mean, he had a great it's game the first week time five. Since but it's the first time all season he's gotten more than three catches. He had a touchdown. He didn't play last week. And then the previous week he had a touchdown in that game. So, Okay, the, it's still the first time all season he's gotten more than three catches. 
I'm, just I'm not saying, saying he's just... getting a lot of usage, but I'm saying it's hard to it's hard to devalue a guy who is the third op, the third receiving option on an offense that is scoring 40 points almost at will. What's the first sentence of that paragraph of his recap? What's just read out loud what the first sentence oh is? Oh my Nick. god, you're such a deflector. Smith was able to destroy an injury-riddled Eagles secondary <laughs> for 31 fantasy points last week. Keyword: injury-riddled Eagles secondary. That's the only reason that he blew up. Do you know who's playing next week? The injury-riddled Atlanta Falcons defense. And then he plays Dallas, and then he plays Tampa Bay, and then he plays Carolina. These are all defenses that allow wide receivers to go off. He is really allowed wide receivers to go off because the next sentence is Atlanta's secondary should prove to be a tougher matchup as the Falcons have allowed the 14th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers since week 7. I don't try that again. I don't think the opponent well obviously the opponent matters. The Falcons are not like, good, you know. Dude. The Eagles Do you have want to make a bet on this one? secondary, but like when you're part of an offense where you have Michael Thomas is the number one, clearly. Alvin Kamara is number two, clearly. He's the number three or four option with him and Mark Ingram. And this offense with Drew Brees is scoring 35 points, 40 points, almost at will. I want any part of that offense. Like, I will take any part of that offense. And Traquan Smith yeah. is a welcome place on my team. And that's, that's the point, too, is that this is the top offense, one of the top offenses in the NFL right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter who you're facing. This offense looked. is so good that he's going to score on almost anyone. It just happened to be easier against the Eagles than most teams. I mean, literally, the cornerbacks in this game are people that no one's ever heard of. So... I, I, I will not say that he is an emerging threat when when a college wide receiver could have put up 31 fantasy points on that team with Drew Brees. I think he's worth the ad. I think in the long run he's going to be the number two receiver there in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. For sure. He's number two receiver there. Period. It's just the, the value of the opportunities he has. When you're catching balls from Drew Brees and you're in this high-powered, high-flying offense where they're scoring all the damn time, it's it's so valuable to just be a part of that. Even if he's not the most talented guy or the best guy or whatever, just being in that offense, it's like being in a Peyton Manning offense. Peyton Manning looked everyone look made everyone look good. Anthony Gonzalez was like a pro bowler one year. Like, it's these quarterbacks can turn anyone into stud fantasy receivers. Yeah, and Drew Brees is very pass-happy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the next guy, I believe you had also previously mentioned Jason DJ Moore, right? Or uh, I don't know if I mentioned him, no. I don't think All so. All right, well, I'm mentioning him now. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I believe he had 28 points, 7 catches for 157 yards. Um, and he's had, he's similar to Traquan Smith. Uh, not too many great games, but he's had a few strung along a few consistent um, uh, catch games. He's had four catches, five catches, a lot of games. Uh, and I think that he's, with the lack of options there, I think he's going to take over the number one receiving role over Devin Funches. I think he's, uh, with their offense struggling, he seems to be one of the only glimmers of light for Cam Newton, other than Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's a beast. McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yeah, I feel like every time you say McCafferty, 
He didn't even correct me that time. I corrected <laughs> myself that time. Um, but yeah, DJ Moore, is, I believe, is the better wide receiver to own in Carolina. I don't think either of them are great. I think yeah, DJ Moore is probably the better one, but he's still not a great option. It's it, it's it's like the Jacksonville situation where it's like Keelan Cole or D.D. Westbrook. Like I don't really want either of them, but I guess I'll take D.D. Westbrook. Like I, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's a little better than that situation, but I still wouldn't be super comfortable starting either of them just because I don't think Cam is the greatest like passer. You know, I think he's he's a valuable player and he's a valuable fantasy quarterback because he can run and he can stretch defenses and use a play action with Christian McCaffrey, but I don't think the wide receivers themselves are super valuable or consistent in this in fantasy football here. Yeah, well, we'll see going forward. I like both of those guys and a third wide receiver that I really like that came forward this week. We mentioned before Josh Reynolds coming in and stepping in in place of Cooper Cup. Yes. I really like him. I picked him up in a couple leagues. Uh, I picked him up in a couple weeks but didn't have the balls to start him. I started him in one. And it backfired on me real bad. It was it was definitely a nice start. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty much getting close to Cooper Cup numbers. Maybe not quite that much. Um, but I think he's, he's going to be competing with Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks for the best receiver in the league, or best receiver on that team each week, you know? It yeah. could be his week any given week, but they're all going to get fed. So all those receivers are still good. I do like Josh Reynolds, though. I don't know how many leagues he's actually owned. I'm sure he will be being picked up a lot of, in a lot of leagues this week after having a solid performance. So go get him. Place your waiver claim for him if you haven't already. Uh, and if you need tight ends, either of the tight ends, Brett or Higby, have both been catching lots of touchdowns as well, so That's true. they're both worth an add as well. Anything, guys? <laughs> no, I think you hit it. <laughs> this is my show yep. today. I think it's no, show. I mean, I, I think you said everything there. What, <laughs> what else do we need to say there? What do you guys think I mean, about, it, just uh, shows, it just shows the Rams' offense is so damn good. as an emerging player? Okay, so that wasn't an emerging player. I was waiting for the end for that. That was just a heads-up. Matt Bryan is back from injury. Um, <laughs> I just noticed that now. <laughs> Matt Bryan. Hey, well, who are the two kickers that you mentioned earlier in oh, the episode? Uh, Greg Zerline and, and Harrison, Harrison Butker. Butker. Both on bye this week. So, if you're looking for a bye week filler, Matt Bryan, one of the most reliable kickers in the NFL, is back from injury and is definitely a good kicker option to have this you, year. It's not the number one kicker option right now. He's available in most leagues. A lot of people dropped him. Cody Parkey. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's He's complete sarcasm. Please do not pick up Cody Parkey. If you own him right now, you probably should have dropped him last week. <laughs> God. What Cody Posty is more like it. Cody Posty. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. And then the, the only other player that kind of jumped out this week was Gus Edwards, the running back for the Ravens. Now, I mentioned oh, yeah. earlier that yeah. this offense is one of the few offenses that you can notice that they have a run-first play call system. Um, and this guy, I don't know where he came from. Uh, there's literally nothing listed on him on the ESPN Fantasy app. He is owned in 0.2% of leagues. 
That's not even... I'm not even making that up. He's literally owned in 0.2% of leagues. They gave him the ball 17 times. He had 115... for 115 115 yards. And, yards. and they, they gave this guy the ball 17 times. Like, I, what? I don't think anybody knows where he came from, what his deal is. Did Alex we Collins get hurt? No. I mean, there's literally... You could scroll here. There is absolutely <laughs> nothing on him. Outlook not available is what's listed. No one knows whether he's going to do the same thing next week. I believe what happened is Alex Collins fumbled the ball once or twice, and that's why they kind of gave this guy the opportunity, and he just ran with it. Ran with it literally, not figuratively. He literally ran with it for 115 yards and a touchdown. My question is, is he the guy there now? I don't believe so. I think we need to see more than one game before we say he's the guy. I agree, and I, I... A lot of people who I've heard have been very high on him this week and think that he's like the number one uh, wave wire pickup this week, but I'm not buying it. I don't know. The running back situation has always been a mess in Baltimore. You never know who's going to be getting all the looks. They just traded for Ty Montgomery, too. Uh, (laughs) 0.2% of leagues right now. So he's definitely available in your league. 0.2%. If he's not available in your league... Honestly, please tell us right now because that's hilarious. It means that he went into this, he went into this waiver period right now owned by somebody, mm-hmm. and we just want to know who had the mindset to pick this guy. And who else up. is on that team? Yeah, right. <laughs> Did they right. pick up like Carson Palmer or like Chad Ochocinco or something too? Probably Megatron. <laughs> yeah. They probably have a team full of guys whose last name is Edwards or something like that. <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. Um, it is Thanksgiving week, so there is football on Thursday. Guys, what are you thankful for? Uh, I'm, I'm, thank, uh, never I'm thankful I that we get three really football mean. games every Thursday on Thanksgiving. Man, I'm That's thankful for I'm Jared thankful Goff. For. He's been like my old faithful this whole year. Just no. solid. Mine wasn't soft points Jason. for me. I'm thankful for Jimmy Butler because <laughs> it's at the point where I don't even know what to think anymore. So I'm thankful for Jimmy Butler. I'm not thankful for Fultz. I'm right now, I'm not thankful <laughs> no. for the Eagles. I'm thankful that Joel Embiid is a legit MVP candidate right now. Like him and Jonas are just fighting it out, but Joel Embiid is like not even. So like bias opinion aside, Joel Embiid is like literally an MVP right now. Yeah, and, and then also Jimmy Butler, who I'm thankful for. Yeah, I do appreciate Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Thankful anyway, for Elton moving. Brand for pulling the trigger. No, that wasn't Elton Brand. No, it wasn't. I think it was him who pulled the trigger, but I think it was Harris who got it started. Right? He Harris did all the negotiation. They said it was between owners. Oh wow, that's weird. Yeah, no, it, it's a really bad look for Brand. Yeah, but yeah, regardless. Um, yeah, we got Back to couple, fantasy football. Not great matchups this week in football, all in all. I think that the Thursday night Thanksgiving games are probably the best matchups that we have to really watch this week. Honestly? Yeah, let's take a know, look. We I got, don't even know who plays on Thanksgiving. I'm our Thanksgiving matchups Obviously are... Obviously, we know Chicago and Detroit. Are, is Chicago and Detroit going to play? Yeah. Isn't that the game? 
And then Dallas always plays on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Chicago and Detroit is is first. Which is so stupid. They're not America's team anymore. Stop putting them on Thanksgiving. Well, that's uh, whatever. That's just the tradition. No, traditions can end. But anyway, that'll that'll be a fun game to watch, you know, which team is going to... And ESPN crashed on me because, you know, ESPN is ESPN. We all need Dallas to beat the Redskins. No, I want it the other way. But the Redskins are still. I'd rather the Redskins better record. I'd rather the Redskins get the better record because we know they're not going to go far. I'd rather them bring Dallas down because Dallas has a yeah, chance. Yeah, but if they go up another game, there's not many games left. We in still season. play. We still play Washington twice. Yeah, but you're still I running rather, out of games. I would rather Washington get up a game here and have to play them twice still than Dallas get up a game and only have to play them once. All right. Well. Me being a, one extra game behind, I'm counting the games, and I don't like my odds. I need every game to go my way, and that one, number-wise, I need the Cowboys to be the Redskins, so I'm hoping they win. Amari so, Cooper, I need a big day out of you, buddy. No. Um, Adrian Peterson. Dak Prescott, I don't care. Just uh, maybe get Amari Cooper the ball. <laughs> um, we've got Bears-Lions to start the day. Redskins Cowboys at four thirty, and then Falcon Saints at night. That's the good division game. Uh, you never know how the Falcons are going to play against the Saints. Uh, it's in New Orleans, so they don't have that to their advantage. Um, but we'll see. Obviously, the New Orleans Saints have great offense, so there's going to be a lot of scoring. I don't care what. The fucking fantasy information says about the Falcons' defense. They're going to be giving up a lot of points to the New Orleans Saints. The line on the game is New Orleans minus 13. Damn, that is an... <laughs> I wow. Might, I might look at that one. Yeah, wow. 13, damn. New Orleans minus 13? Yeah. They, well, they don't think Atlanta can get within 13 points. They probably don't think they have the 14th best defense against wide receivers. Oh, man. Again, then we have some other division, good inter-division games. Well, on Sunday, but... Yeah, I will be tailgating with uh, your our daily Matthew Hungerbueller right our next to Our daily Matthew. Dearly. Oh, I think said dearly. Our daily, yeah. Someone here every day. Our dear Matthew Hungerbueller. Yes, we, we are. We will be uh, tailgating all day long. Uh, for As the Giants Eagles game, for Eagles Giants, always a battle of the the division rights and, and obscure egos. Yeah, right. I really would love to win that game, if nothing else, for the fact that the Giants haven't beat the Eagles in what feels like forever. Especially not at home. Yeah, anywhere you don't, you don't win in the link. I've been to like all of them in the past three years and both stadiums, and I don't remember. Like no, it's it's, it's been a while since you guys. Yeah, I don't think that you will. It would be really nice to take you down to your home stadium. You know. Ugh, no, it wouldn't be nice. Especially when you're already down. No, that but, would be. But just we're not out. Salt in the wound. I think Carson kicks it in overdrive this week. Yeah, we'll see. Either way. We're not two teams that have much pride right now. <laughs> really, it's tough. But yeah, a lot of a uh, lot of good games though. I'm excited for Thanksgiving. Always am. Like I said, we got three Nick, games. We've got Jack Wharf's Bills. Eat, Let's, drink, be merry, watch football. Seattle, Carolina. That'll be a good game. Pittsburgh, Denver. That'll be a good game. 
Green Bay, Minnesota on Sunday night. Yeah. And then Tennessee and Houston on Monday night. That would be a good defensive battle in a a league where there's no defense anymore. Titans versus Texans, that might be a good low-scoring game. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, Some Twitter, then get out of here. Uh, Yeah, we can uh, pull up the Twitter. Let's do... uh, do like three or four Twitter what ad drop trade you want to start them sit them you want to give us the plug Michael Scott fun run race for the cure you want to give them the handle Michael Scott's Meredith Palmer yes. fun run race for the cure yeah there's a lot more than that pro-am and yeah pro-am memorial <laughs> pro-am memorial <laughs> yeah um so if you if you personally have any fantasy football advice, start them, sit them, uh, trade critique, uh, waiver wire pickups, anything like that, at PPR underscore official. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, we're everywhere. Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely send us whatever you got. Also take the Wonderlick test. Give us your results. Yeah, we're still waiting. Still waiting on some Wonderlick test results. <laughs> if you uh, if you score the highest, you win. Yep, you win. That's it. You win. That's it. <laughs> All right. What do we got? All right. So we got quarterback one to start. Cam Newton or Andrew Luck? Cam Newton against Seattle, or Andrew Luck against who? Andrew Luck. Against Miami, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck against Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at home. I'll I, take just, I think Andrew Luck's been the hot hand. You had to roll with that. Uh, I mean, you can always count on Cam to get you some some points on the ground, but but Miami's defense is horrible. Interesting trade question: Pat Mahomes and Gronk for Cam Newton, Kenny Galladay, and Josh Gordon. No, I think Pat Mahomes is too good. Yeah, I'd, take, yeah, I'd keep I, Pat I, Mahomes. I think Pat Mahomes at this point is untradeable. Not even yeah. Gronk. Like, Gronk has been sort of almost, uh, yeah, like, uh, he's been 10th, right? Or, like, in that range, like, maybe outside of a tight end one so far this year. And even including him in there, you just can't trade Pat Mahomes. You can't do it. Yeah, I think that uh, <laughs> for quarterback – Cam Newton's really not too much far behind Pat Mahomes. I mean, he is pretty far behind him, but for quarterbacks, they're still going to have good weeks. So he's relatively not that far behind, but still, it's just like you have games from Pat Mahomes where you can get 35 points even when he throws or has five turnovers. So you just got to you gotta keep him. He's the number one fantasy quarterback right now. You got to keep him. Uh, unfortunately, he does have a bye still, so... Hopefully that person is well in playoff picture and can afford a possibly week without him. Um, we'll do one more here. What do we got? Need an OJ Howard replacement. Good luck. Cam- Cameron Brake. <laughs> Cameron Bright. Uh, Her- Herndon. Ugh. Where's he from? Ugh. Is he from the Jets? Uh, Doesn't matter. I won't Ugh. go with him. Uh, Vinette or Jonu Smith? Ugh, ugh. Vinette is the Rams. Or no, 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 the, uh... Who's Vinette? No, he's Seattle. 
to home to play with an empty tight end slot. Yeah, just don't pick up any of them. Yeah, I mean, that's not really good advice to give our <laughs> fans, but I'm going to say... Let's see. I'm going to say... I would say I Herndon, say Jenner if any Smith, of them. But yeah. Because I think Darnold, if... Actually, is Darnold even coming back this week yet? I don't even know. Is he healthy? They have all got injured quarterbacks and... <laughs> Well, Bright technically doesn't have an injured quarterback. Bright has a quarterback controversy. He's got two quarterbacks, therefore oh, yeah. he has zero. Yeah. I, I'm going to go with the net, actually. I'm going to go that with Russ, Bright. I'm going to go with Cameron Bright. Russ has said... Uh, Let's write this down and see which one does better this weekend. A lot of, a lot of John U. Smith votes. Second to Bright. Bright at 53%. I would say Smith if Mariota didn't get hurt. But since he's hurt, yeah, I'm not buying him. I'll say Herndon. All right, here's we'll do one more wide receiver for the flex. Stephon Diggs or T. Y. Hilton? I gotta go with Diggs. It's Diggs. After yeah. that, T. Y. will be T. Y. will be shaded if if the the Colts are playing the the Dolphins. T. Y. will be shadowed by Xavier Howard, who's a, turned into a really really good cornerback this year. So I would take Diggs for sure. Yeah, he's just a a reception machine, and mm. especially in a PPR league, you need. Need to start digs. And Andrew Luck is so. on pace. I think he's still on pace to break the single season record for pass attempts in a season. So, yeah, Ty is uh, he's going to be a beneficiary of that. A lot of targets. Interesting. Right, then. Well, like we said earlier, at PPR underscore official on Twitter. Uh, if you want to meet up with members of the Fantasy Process Report, you can find us at the Flying Pig Saloon tomorrow night, <laughs> night before Thanksgiving. Myself Along excluded, with, though. All of other Great Valley class of twenty twelve or twenty twelve and twenty eleven. Yes. Yeah, I was gonna say we're twenty eleven. Yeah, but the class oh. before uh twenty ten. Yeah. Flying Pig Saloon tomorrow night, fantasy process report meetup. <laughs> anyway. Yes. Yeah, send picks. Um regardless, uh Thanksgiving week, always always a great time for football. Uh family, friends, etc. Everybody be safe. You know, enjoy the holiday, eat a ton of turkey, boo Dallas, have a mm. good time. Mm. It's actually very important. They play in the middle of the day. Understand that's probably when dinner is. Uh, take time out of your dinner to, to boo Dallas. It's important. Yeah, I'll be rooting for them to win while I boo them. No. So. no. And just keep it on mute, too, because it'll probably be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. It, it is Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Yeah, so just keep that on mute. Just don't the, even bother. The lineup, uh, the lineup is the the first game, the uh, the Bears Detroit game is Nance and Romo. Uh, the Dallas Washington game is Buck and Aikman, and then the uh, doesn't matter. Keep them all on mute. The night game. Who was the night game? Who did we say that was? Was it Al Michaels and Collinsworth or something? Well, it, it, it's, it's Michaels and Collinsworth. It's just uh, yeah, Atlanta New Orleans is, is Al Michaels. Uh, gotcha. So, yes. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, everybody. Absolutely. Be safe. Have fun. Don't drink and drive. And go birds. And try and get back to All right. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> See ya.